Here is this week's scripture. It's from the Old Testament, the book Ecclesiastes, chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. These words actually became a hit single back in the 60s when Pete Seeger wrote them into lyrics and the birds recorded them. For everything there is a season, and a time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born, and a time to die. A time to plant, and a time to pluck up what is planted. A time to kill, and a time to heal. A time to break down, and a time to build up. A time to weep, and a time to laugh. A time to mourn, and a time to dance. A time to <clears throat> throw away stones, and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to seek, and a time to lose. A time to keep, and a time to throw away. A time to tear, and a time to sow. A time to keep silent, and a time to speak. A time to love, and a time to hate. A time for war, and a time for peace. Here the universality of human, experienced in God's sanctified and ordered time. I'm going to assume that Nick read Ecclesiastes, yes? Good. Thank you, Nick. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8 was written by a man who had all wealth. He had all power, you can imagine, and an education. He wrote these words, and they were pivotal words for him because there was one thing that he couldn't find, he couldn't buy, he couldn't attain, and that was meaning. The writer of Ecclesiastes could not find meaning even in his wealth, his wisdom, his education. But he came to realize that there was something that endured, something that was in every single person's life, and that was time. Time was a key factor, that God ordered time. It was ordained by some organizing principle. He noticed that for everything there's a purpose and a season under heaven. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pluck. A time to mourn, a time to dance. A time to throw away stones, and a time to gather stones together. The idea of time became his profound gateway into meaning, to God's very existence. And time opened up the very real possibility of a supreme organizing principle, a God who had appointed the seasons and regulated the human experience on earth. Time itself contains meaning. Think about that. Time itself contains meaning. And so it was, as the church began to be formed, that the framers of our tradition of Christianity thought it good to create a calendar of seasons. They called it the liturgical year. It's a churchy word. You may have heard it. But the liturgical year is our church year, if you will. 
It's a poetic cycle of spiritual ebbs and flows, and it structures the meaning of our time together, our worship together. It lends shape and depth to our journey of faith. When we understand these seasons and live into these seasons, the annual rhythm of our life starts to take on a certain spirituality. It takes on a certain meaning as we live into the ecclesiastical season. This is God's time, and we walk in it. And with this in mind, today, we want to take you on a magical, mystical ride through the sands of time into the living color of the liturgical year as it's laid out in the poetry and music and colors of the liturgical year. Are you ready? Yes. All right, let's get on board. Happy New Year! <laughs> you look surprised. <laughs> well, you see, the church year begins next week, not on January 1st. So this is kind of like New Year's Eve. Next week, <laughs> next week, in the depths of autumn, while the last leaves are still clinging to the trees and the crisp winds of winter are in the air, the church year begins with the season of Advent. Through the four weeks of Advent, we wait. The nights get longer the day's shorter. And we notice, even through the frenzy of activities and festivities and wonderful celebrations, that most of the world is hungry. Most of the world is poor. And most of the world is discouraged. And so we recall the words of the prophets who call for God's peace and justice to shine in the shadows of a broken world. Through the four weeks of Advent, we wait for the fullness of time, like an expectant mother dreaming of her soon-to-be-born child. And we hope that one day heaven and earth will kiss and the lowly will be lifted up and the hungry will be filled with good things. And one day, this world will be healed. And in that hope, we prepare for God to come. Through the four weeks of Advent, we wait.
living color of Advent is blue, the color of the night sky, the color just before dawn. You know what comes next? Kids, what's coming at the end of Advent? Anyone? Christmas! Good! <laughs> On Christmas morning, and for the 12 days following until Epiphany, we celebrate a scandal. Uh, not a Jennifer Aniston shaved her head kind of scandal. <laughs> Not a Justin Bieber is addicted to junk food kind of scandal. No, no, this is way more outrageous than even that. On Christmas, we celebrate the good news that our hope is not in vain. On Christmas, God's very being came into the world as a human being as a wrinkly, vulnerable baby. God even had a soft spot on his head. The scandal is that God wants to share everything with us, from birth to death to new life. God wants to be with us, Emmanuel. God with us so that we all might forever be with God. And for 12 days after Christmas Day, we rejoice until on the 12th day, Epiphany, which means to reveal. We celebrate the way Jesus' ministry became widely known, first by magi from far-off lands, and then later, as word of God with us through Jesus, spread throughout the entire world, and even today, 2,000 years later, we gather in the holy name of Jesus. What is revealed at Epiphany is that God's presence is indeed in the midst of our life. And so we sing... snow, the living color of light and peace and hope.
Remember, O mortal, that you are dust and ashes, and to dust you shall return. With these words, an ashen cross is drawn on our foreheads. And the Lenten journey to Easter morning begins. For the six weeks of Lent, we travel together through the wilderness, remembering our weaknesses, our, broken, our brokenness personally and as a community. For 40 days, we repent, which means to turn around, to go a new and different way, the way of God. We bend down in ashes and reflect on our fragility so that we might stand up as new creations in God's love and triumphant grace. The living color of Lent is purple, the color of repentance and the color of royalty, the color of crocuses pushing through the cold winter ground. As the women entered the tomb, they saw a young man with a white robe sitting on the side, and they were alarmed. 
But he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has been raised. He is not here. The great joy of Easter is that God has triumphed life over death, love over hate, peace over violence, freedom over oppression. Love wins. We rejoice for 50 days, the season of Easter and Pentecost. We celebrate not only the empty tomb, but also the founding of a new community of love, the church. On Pentecost Sunday, to add to this season of joy, we celebrate the birth of the church in the Holy Spirit's empowering fire. And we give thanks that God has sent us a helper so that we can be empowered for good work through strong, vibrant communities to help heal the world. months after Pentecost, we walk together through ordinary time, a time to exhale, a time to relax and practice what we have learned. 
We follow the ways of the one who not only walked on water, but also fed the hungry, healed the sick, and found the lost, and who broke the chains of injustice and despair. ordinary time is green, the color of new life, the color of growth. Jesus lives. Jesus lives and hope remains. Jesus is King of Kings, Lord of Lords, so today, on this very last day of the year, we celebrate Christ the King. And because he lives, we know that love, in the end, never fails. But we're not home yet. We still struggle in this broken world. We struggle with so much pain, loss, and grief. So as summer turns into fall and it seems that all around us things are dying, we hear again the teachings that strengthen one another. It's our journey of faith, our journey of faith, that adds to this rich poetic story that is not just God's story of history, but it's our story together as we continue in faith. <clears throat> This is the history of God in the world. We, the church, offer light. We offer light that is even in the darkness and peace where there is anxiety and hope to the captives of all kinds of prisons. People of God, this is God's ordered time, ordained time. And we reflect in God's order in this liturgical year, the various colors, seasons, the ups and downs, the joy and the sadness. The tension is pulled and released and pulled again and released again. And that's the liturgical year. Today we stand at the end of another new year, and on the eve of a new one. Together, we are a spirit-filled, redeemed, united church of Christ, pledging once again with one voice to come against this darkness, offering ways in everything we do to everyone we meet, offering our hope, our faith, and our light. Hail, walk in the light. 
everything, there's a season. And for everything, a purpose under heaven. A time to wait. And a time to celebrate. <laughs> a time to bow down in repentance. And a time to stand up in God's love and grace. And a time to lead with a passionate fire. When we live into these seasons, the annual rhythm of our life becomes tuned to Christ's. Our lives become more centered on the spiritual life. And we embody and we live out this rhythmic poetry with God, who walks with us as we walk in God's ordered time. 